0: Hello, all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn.
1: And I'm Sarah Callen.
0: And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we are going to be reviewing the Disney remake Mulan 2020 edition and we are joined by a very special guest today. Her name is Yensu and we're excited to have her join in the conversation. Yin Su, do you want to give a quick intro of yourself? Hello, Um. hi. Nice to meet you all. My name is Yin Su Kim, um, and I'm excited to join today. Awesome. All right, so lots to discuss about this uh Yet again, another slew of the Disney live-action remakes. But first, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary of the film? Sure.
1: A young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father.
0: Alright, yep. Pretty straightforward. The Mulan. All the Mulan pieces are in there. They (laughs) missed some key new characters, apparently, that Disney decided to add in. (laughs) Um, okay, so before we dive into the the episode, we are going to start off with our one sentence summaries of this film in uh, strategic whimsy experiment tradition. So, who wants to kick us off with their their summary?
1: Yinsu, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. <laughs> Mine um, might be a little harsh, but oh, here I we love go. it. I'm ready.
1: Oh, I'm here for this. Please go ahead. <laughs>
2: Cool. Uh, so mine is a remake that added more bells and whistles but removed the old magic <sighs> from the original.
0: Yes. This is so true. All the good stuff was just ripped out and they replaced it with some fluff. All right, Sarah, what was your yep. story?
1: Uh, Mine is a ragtag group of teenagers improbably conquers a skilled army of assassins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this healthy dose of savagery. It's great. All right. My summary is a Mulan remake where the writers were either hungover or first year creative writing students. So I think uh, this is going to make for a very spicy episode (laughs) based on all of our summaries. All right, let's start off with initial thoughts of this Mulan remake and then also where the original Mulan animation um, falls on your spectrum of Disney favorites. Is it something that you watched a lot growing up? Kind of thoughts on this current new film as well as how it relates to your sentiments and your relationship to the old one. Let's start there. So,
2: you know, I feel like similar to a lot of people, Mulan is one of those films that holds a very special place in my heart. The reason being, it really captures kind of how this ordinary young woman grows and matures and ultimately becomes a really big hero at the end. Also, it's special in the sense to me in that usually with Disney princesses, it's kind of the let's wait for a prince um, mindset there. But for Mulan and go- going from Mulan forward, Disney really shifted their paradigm and made, you know, princesses can also be brave, fight, create their own future. So just saying um the animation there really holds a special place and all the songs in the film too especially reflection are my favorite uh, soundtracks in disney films that i continue to listen to yeah
1: i i love mulan like as a kid i i wore out that vhs just watching it over and over and over again um it's probably not my favorite disney movie of my childhood but it's definitely like top five for sure um so i you know for for all of the reasons that uh yunsu said like i i love that it's it's this proactive woman and she's she's fighting for a cause and she doesn't have to you know her identity isn't in her relationship status but she is able to be this tough warrior chick like it's just that's awesome that's a great role model for you know young girls to to see and to want to emulate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah Mulan is I feel like for so many people such a special film and such a a unique film that's very set apart from all of the other Disney movies. Um, I share a lot of both of your sentiments which is that I grew up watching Mulan singing all of the songs. One of the reasons I was I'm very excited that Ian Sue's joining us on this episode today is that uh, we both had such a shared love of Mulan and back in college would blast all the songs and sing all the lyrics together. It, it It was a movie that was just as good and just as fun to watch, even as an older an older person. it It didn't um, stay magical just for um, you know, the younger kids. It was just as magical as an older person. And in fact, there's a lot more deeper meanings, like in the song reflection that were so relevant to like the turbulent times of like growing up and finding your place in the world and dealing with social pressures and how you stay true to yourself. So, uh, it was, it's interesting to see Disney take on this like beloved, beloved piece of work and try and even live up to their own standards of what they had this gem of a film that they'd created. So they're, they were definitely entering delicate territory with tackling a remake of Mulan. So what were your, th- what were your thoughts on this new 2020 live action remake? Initial thoughts. <laughs> so
2: I'll start off laughing here. <laughs> but, nervous laughter. <laughs> um, like, like you guys all mentioned in your one sentence summary I felt like in Gen, like you just mentioned, it was a true gem to begin with. But um, the remake, let me start with the positives here. I would say (laughs) the graphics and the scenery were really beautiful. Um, I could tell they try to historically represent kind of the empirical kind of Silk Road, the Emperor and the Palace Like, I, I really enjoyed the graphics there to start with the positives, now (laughs) with the negatives, um, (laughs) I'll try to be short here, but I would say they really stripped away the old message of the animation, which was the message there was like from, let's make a man out of you, was if you really try and fight for what you believe in um, you, can achieve what you want I feel like that was a powerful message especially for young kids because Mulan started off as a girl ordinary um coming from a small village and the animation really captured how she grew I still remember like she was the weakest person in the training and then she was even sent home but she didn't give up so that was a really powerful message there sure. but in the new film they kind of created her as a spiritual being saying she achieve and she was suppressing it which i think stole away from the original message and also um i will say they added in a lot of new elements perhaps to um replace the old characters in the animation like cricket mushu with adding in the uh like magical lady there who could transform and um also adding in more i would say the phoenix too <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I feel like those parts didn't, to the message, they distracted a little bit and kind of try to make it a more of a spiritual warrior film than kind of a try hard and you can achieve your dreams message, which was, I would say, what the old
0: Mulan uh, was closer to. Yes, I completely agree. I think one of the things see um, that we had chatted briefly about yesterday was that they. Also deliberately made the decision for mulan as a young girl to have this superpower chi um, ability and so the messages she was she was for whatever reason, just incredibly talented from youth, born with this ability and was finally able to embrace it at the end. but she was always talented, and I feel like that message is just not as relatable for the vast majority of audiences that are going to be watching this and kids that are watching this like a lot of times talent and raw talent is there in some kids but there's this this message from the old movie around grit and working hard and um, being incredibly persistent that was really attractive and felt just so much more accessible to the average you know kid or the average viewer this is very similar to um, some of my problems with the new Star Wars movie, and specifically Ray's Rey, character, is that for whatever reason, we never see her have to struggle with um, having to work really hard to achieve this ability to, to wield the force, and she's just like just good at it from the very first time that we see her character. And it's just not as, not as accessible, I think, for the average viewer.
1: Yeah, it's harder to relate to this character when, you know, she is born with this innate ability to, you know, harness her chi and do all of these things and is the most coordinated child I've ever seen in my <laughs> life when I still bump into walls when I walk. So it, it made that character much less accessible than, you know, the clumsy kind of goofy Mulan that we all grew up mm. knowing and loving. Um and then I think another thing similar to that is that she was, like, everybody believed in her just mm-hmm. from from the outset. She never really faced any big difficulty. There was no real struggle to for her to, like, find her place. Like, even when she was training and in the army, like, she was okay. She was with with this pack of guys as they were learning to fight she didn't seem to be struggling and then after it's revealed that she's a woman she's instantly believed as like oh no we should still listen to her even though she lied and and like every step of the way she didn't really encounter resistance which while that's nice and a nice little fairy tale story it's so far from our true reality that I was I was frustrated the whole time at how easy everything was
0: for her. That moment where um, she reveals that she's a woman and um, she's banished, you know, for maybe five minutes in the course of the movie. <laughs> uh, and then she comes back and, and has this news, which is, first of all, the news itself is quite scandalous because they they all believed that they had already defeated the enemy. So, mm-hmm. you know, you would need a pretty robust amount of proof and evidence to be able to convince mm-hmm. a large army of people to mobilize and move, right? You would think so. You would think so. But she's she makes her case and then Donnie Yen, who is the commander of the army, is like, okay, we will follow you. And I think it just cheapens the uh, the stakes that she originally had, which mm-hmm. was that she was a woman in the army and You know, committing this great crime and kind of betraying her country and her honor and whatnot. It just because it reversed it so fast, you're like, well, the stakes must not have been that large anyway
1: and during that that moment because he was swayed because of all of these recruits going like oh i believe her which i'm like yes that's good we should believe women that's great however in this particular context she has no proof and so it it reminded me of one of my my friends he was in the army many years ago and i could just hear his voice in my head like If he had been the commanding officer and all of these teenagers were like, no, we should listen to her, even though she has no proof, just because she's a woman, he would be like, you snot-nose children, you're (laughs) going to sleep outside in the snow today, I'm not listening to you, you're going to run laps, like, he would have punished the crap out of Mm. all of them, because that's not how it works in the army, like, (laughs) you need, you need proof, you need reliable sources, you're not going to send your army into this thing based on a
0: whim, like, Mm.
1: it was so frustrating to me anyway rant yeah. over
0: yes that was a moment that uh, happened too fast I think it could have been a very uh, climactic moment where her, you know it's that move it's that moment in a movie where um, the the main character or the protagonist like all of a sudden gains the support that they need to in order to like accomplish their mission but it works well and it's really satisfying when we had to wait and see them again and again be shut down and shut down and shut down and then finally they get that like rally of support behind them um it just it it didn't feel very realistic at all the other moment that I also think happened way too fast was The hawk lady, um, all of a sudden turning good after the one conversation with Mulan.
1: Yes. Yes. Also, like, didn't you feel like, so for me, that was completely against her character. Like, if, if I had become evil because I had been rejected from society, and I saw a woman who was now accepted by that same society that rejected me... I wouldn't soften toward her. I would get pissed and I would want to fight her. I wouldn't be like, oh, no, we can be friends. I'm gonna protect you. That doesn't make sense.
2: Right, no, I, I had the same reaction too. But it was, and it happened, I would say in like five minutes where <laughs> Mulan talked about it. When suddenly she guided her towards her team, like saying, okay, now I'll help you then She got shot by an arrow trying to protect Mulan, and she risked her, she basically threw away her own life to save Mulan. Um, And so it made me question what the purpose of this character was, I feel like, Mm -hmm. because honestly, when she was first introduced, I thought she could be a metaphor towards maybe this is trying to weaken Mulan and she, she could tell her, hey, society doesn't accept you. You shouldn't try to really try here, but it instead what ended up happening is she kind of helped Mulan, but it didn't do it in a very uh, persuasive way for the storyline either.
0: Mm, yeah, so you were thinking that potentially this lady could be that like main source of struggle for Mulan. Like Mulan is tempted to abandon her mission, abandon her country, and go with this lady with hawk lady right i I thought it could even be powerful
2: if you know per se this lady has all these magical powers she seems really invincible but if mulan defeated her then it would really show uh, the whole thing of mulan had a lot of courage grit she was able to really persist to defeat a potentially invincible character but Mm
0: -hmm. um that was not the case for me. that didn't happen, Mm-mm. yeah, I kept wondering too, because this Hawk lady had so much supernatural power, and you know we haven't we didn't see very many other characters that had that same level of ability to like i don't know take over the body of a guard or like turn into like five thousand black birds and the in the in the course of an instant. It made me wonder like how are we going to defeat this lady? And then I had the thought, oh my god, are they going to make her turn good? And alas, here we are, and it just it it felt it felt like it just completely weakened the role that this lady could have played in the plot. And I think one of
1: my fundamental issues when we first saw her was why do we need to have a female antagonist because we have a female protagonist? Mm. Like, wasn't it sufficient for Mulan as a woman to take on an army of men and defeat a man? Like, I just, I didn't understand why. And and we've seen that a lot in other movies where if the, the protagonist is female, then the antagonist also has to be female. And I just, I wonder what that says about us as... As a culture, do we just have an issue as a culture seeing a woman protagonist taking on a male
0: antagonist?
1: Mm. I don't know.
0: That's a good point. The thought that crossed my mind was is there some like interesting commentary here about like the different shades and forms of feminism? Like I, I don't know if you have if you guys have any thoughts on on that?
1: I think for for me it was just again it was it was too unrealistic which is kind of a silly thing to say about like a super, like a superhero adjacent movie but her th- this woman changing her complete character in order to celebrate this other woman is just not how the world works you know, like sadly, a lot of what I have seen is like women tearing down other women because there's such a scarcity mindset of, you know, there there's only room at the top for one woman. So it's going to be me and not you. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what I, what I struggled with. Like, I, I love the idea of, of these women championing Mulan, but that's just not the way that the world works. And we probably shouldn't you know, paint a really cynical picture of the world mm-hmm. for a child's movie, but I think it also sets up an unrealistic expectation of, you know, oh, okay, just because you're a woman and you shared your story, then everything's going to be perfect and you're going to win.
2: It's, that's not the way that the world works. Mm-hmm. I I could kind of see how potentially very weird trying to draw a certain picture of feminism by saying. Oh, there's these really two powerful female characters that one is leading a, uh, in the movie when it first started, a potentially an invincible army, and the other Mulan, who also brings a um, main ca- kind of team to victory there. But I would also agree that I didn't feel like that showing two different woman characters there really did much other than deter from the message because. I feel like Mulan's initial message of she's a female in the beginning, so people don't have high expectations of her, that itself was a powerful message. And adding in another female character who is powerful almost confused that message, saying, you know, there's these women with magical abilities that aren't appreciated, which I would say deters a little bit from what. You know the original movie was trying to say too about Milan, and she was not embraced because she did, wanted to speak her mind. It was more relatable characteristics rather than having magical abilities. Mm.
0: So you know, I I have a little
2: bit of mixed feelings
0: there too. That's interesting. It almost felt like the movie was taking on too many too many themes at the same time and if they had focused their attention more on the struggle of being a woman in a man's wor- world and how you navigate that and and triumph over that would have been enough like i think if you asked a little girl leaving this movie like what did you learn about how you how mulan overcame her situation of being a woman with so much to offer but not being accepted like i don't know if it's very clear from this movie what, how she overcame that. She, you know, I'm even like thinking back to the movie on her actions and what she did. It was, you know, just use her chi and use her supernatural ability. And, um, eventually after some time, the men recognized that. And that feels like a very passive, um, passive storyline or like trajectory for this main character who is supposed to have a lot of agency over how she creates and molds the world around her. What are some other things that stuck out to you about this remake?
1: I think for me, one of the things that really stood out was just how, how important culture and community and family was in this particular film. Um, I feel like it really had a a collectivist mindset and that made the film make more sense to me than, than the original did. So like, like for me, you know, I'm individualist and, and I was taught it's all about the, the individual and not the community. So the idea of leaving my family to go do something that I feel like I'm supposed to do is no big deal. But within that collectivist mindset when it's all about the good of the group, like you could really feel this tension within Mulan and understand more of the stakes of what she was doing um, that was kind of lost in the original movie. So it was, it was kind of nice to see that, that new dimension to this film that um, I hadn't really picked up on in the cartoon.
0: Mm, all right. So we got a, a, a positive
1: for the film. <laughs> that's, that's my one positive. So I figured I'd just slide it in. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I think one of the interesting things was that they, they harped on this, this concept of like honor for your family. Um, I think a lot more than the original film. And you know, there's songs about that in the original one, but it was important enough and big enough and they really, the directors really wanted to make you understand that they like etched it on her sword at the very end, just in case you didn't get it for the rest of the movie. Um, which I think was, was a good thing. I, I wonder if it was like a little bit heavy handed, you know, again, this is a kid's movie, so things are probably a little bit more spelled out than, than, you know, the, the traditional movies that we might watch as adults, but sometimes it felt a little bit a little bit much same thing with the phoenix too i was like all right we get the phoenix theme like it it kept surfacing again and again and again and again to where it almost felt like you know we're not dumb we get it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't i i was glad that we never really
1: like saw the phoenix's face And because like I could have seen this becoming like a whole thing like now the phoenix is her new best friend instead of Mushu and like Mm. just just a whole thing. So I'm glad that the phoenix stayed far away and I'm also glad that she didn't like become the phoenix because that's also what I was like, okay, are we going to have like hawk lady versus like phoenix lady and they're going to duke it out. And I'm glad that we didn't go that route either. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I was like, oh, there it is again. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. We're just watching a a bird sighting show, I guess. I don't know.
2: I was just going to add, the thing with the phoenix was, I get it was symbolic, but other than, you know, trying to portray, hey, Mulan's family is protecting her. We're watching over her in the background. it, It definitely added in a cheesy element. And... I mean, I get it. Disney movies are kid movies. They do throw in quote-unquote cheesy elements than you typically see in adult movies. But usually, I'm okay. I really like other Disney movies, even if other, they might be perceived as cheesy because they really do a good job of crafting it and making it seem that it's not cheesy. But I feel like Phoenix is so out of place <laughs> that it just seemed cheesy if that makes sense
0: yeah i kept thinking back to the original animated version and there are some really interesting you know symbolism that they do in that movie as well like the theme with the the flower at the end with her father like it's i think it's the same flower that's on her her comb that she has in her hair that she places on her father's nightstand and then when she returns home the flower has bloomed and it is the like petals are flying and it's this beautiful scene and he has a like incredible line around like um something about the flowers blooming i don't remember the specific details but it's like that kids can get it like the subtlety they can keep up with it you don't need so many like transitional scenes with the phoenix and like you know, in the final battle scene where she's on one of the ledges and like the phoenix's wings are behind her. And it's like, oh gosh.
1: Yeah. It was, it was really on the nose there. I, I wonder if, hmm. cause I, I remember a lot of these movies when I was a kid, like, I feel like they were enjoyable for both kids and adults. There were you know, these important themes and important messages that you could take from it. And I just, I I wonder if we've really just dumbed down the content for kids. Like, mm. I I feel like not only are these movies less magical and less wonderful than what we grew up on, but I also feel like they're not as meaty and and don't give kids something to go and like, like, yeah, I can do this, or I don't, I don't know. They're, they just don't feel of the same caliper or depth
0: as what we grew up on. Mm. Yeah, I agree. They're kind of taking these cookie-cutter lessons to be learned and spelling it out so clearly for us that, like, the audience or the kid doesn't have to do as much work to be able to get the message. But that also means that the message is not as memorable or as powerful when we're really invested in the storyline and having to work at it and trying to understand, you know, how is Mulan going to conquer this situation that she's in and find her place? And, you know, there's a setup of the song Reflection at the Beginning where she feels this tension between who she's expected to be and who she wants to be. And you see that struggle finally come to fruition at the end where she makes the decision to do what she believes is best and follow her heart and go to the city and even though no one believes her again that's a critical moment where she warns them and no one believes her and she she still decides to go and fight and try and protect the emperor like all of that is so there's so much stakes and there's so much adrenaline in it and we i there's we don't get that as much in this movie sigh
1: <laughs> yep unfortunately they i i appreciate that the creators of the new Mulan did deviate from the original because um, I I hate the like frame for frame remakes. Those are annoying. Um, but I really hate that this new version lost the the essence of the original. It's really
0: sad. Mm-hmm. Okay I'm curious your both of your thoughts on the fact that there were no songs in this film and also that the humor level is definitely way lower on this movie almost non-existent. What were your thoughts on that? Did it work? Did you feel like that was the direction they were running in and because this was live action they, you know, they needed to scale that back.
1: Yeah, I was I was okay that there was no music just because if they had done the same songs from the original, I would be judging it and comparing <laughs> it between the two and just, it, it wouldn't have lived up to the original. Um, so I was okay with the lack of songs, but you're right, it, it wasn't as, as fun and funny of a movie, um, but it also, I don't know, it, it just, it, it didn't really land, I feel like, in in any in any genre in any way just you know like it, it wasn't funny and and light but it also wasn't you know super like action-packed and exciting like it was just kind of a boring film um <laughs> it did occur to me though while I was watching like I wonder how kids are responding to this mm. because I was not impressed but
2: I I wonder if if kids liked it I don't know yeah, so I'm on the same page with Sarah about the songs. I feel like they did, I could tell they tried to make it a little more realistic, add in some historical elements that, you know, it, it might have been a little strange if there were songs um in it. So I was actually more okay with the no song part than I thought I would be since the songs were a part I enjoyed in the core Disney film. Um but with the humor part I feel like again it was different than the original and they were trying to steer in a new direction but I feel like although they did try to build a film that was more realistic, historical closer to a superhero film almost I feel like they didn't achieve those parts that well that it made me miss that comedic part like I could tell they try to emulate the old animations um comedic parts a little bit more, especially with the matchmaker scene. Um where it was a pretty funny scene in the original film where the whole matchmaker's tea house turned into a chaotic mess. Hmm. And then at the end they I could tell they try to bring the matchmaker back in. So there were elements where they try to give a nudge to the old film. But it wasn't really successful. So I completely echo Sarah's point on it wasn't really a completely realistic historical or a superhero film, but it also wasn't your usual Disney musical, uh, magical uh, type of film either. So wasn't really, <laughs> I don't think they really did play out the different elements that. They could use that
0: well. It's almost like the scenes that were funny were funny because you were thinking back to the original movie where it was actually funny. It was like a pointer to the other funny thing. But if you didn't watch the original animated one, like a lot of those scenes wouldn't wouldn't even be funny at all because we wouldn't know the reference.
1: Yeah, like even when she was in... I don't know, she was with her horse and like trying to travel to where the army was and got lost. Like the whole time I was just picturing that scene with Mushu and he's like, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. And like, I was just, I was rolling laughing at that part, but I was like, this is not actually a funny thing. It's just because the original was good and funny.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's funny because we're thinking about the original that was funny, (laughs) which means that this failed, but I feel like they had opportunity <laughs> to have some really fun, lighthearted, comedic moments. Like, they, they tried with some of the ones around her not showering and, um, you know, that that whole, like, riff around you smell, da, da 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 you know, with, I think his name was Cricket in the movie. Um, there were some kind of endearing moments with him where, you know, they're in their final battle scene and they thought he was dead and he kind of, like jolts awake and like they're all relieved and whatnot like they had opportunity i just don't think that they took advantage of it maybe because they didn't want to but it's almost like if they wanted to commit to the more realistic route and tone down all of the songs and the lightheartedness like why introduce this element of supernatural powers then that just completely defeats the tonal setting of this being like a pretty historically accurate type of movie where everything feels like it could have happened. Don't introduce Hawk Lady.
1: Maybe this this will be like the next stage of the MCU and we'll have a crossover and now Mulan is going to be a superhero and (sighs) she's going to join the Avengers and she's going to use her chi to
0: save the world. Okay, that would actually...
1: Make a lot more
0: sense. <laughs> is she also going to be in the Star Wars movie, too? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. She yeah. and Rey do talk that. about how the Force is really chi, and then they battle oh. the Galactic Empire.
1: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally doable. You're oh welcome, God.
0: Disney. This is genius. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Another question that really bothered me is, what do you think happened when she resurrected, came back to life? This was right after the first battle scene she has with uh, Hawk Lady. It's not even a battle scene. It's like a two-minute little tiff. And she gets the dagger in her chest, and then there's a voiceover which says that Hua Jun is dead, but Mulan is now alive. And she pulls out the dagger and there's no blood on it. What are your theories about? What the heck happened there?
1: Well, well, well my theory was that she didn't die because she had the the uh, the thing wrapped around her to compress all of her person. Oh. Um, then it, it didn't penetrate because it got stuck there. Like, had she not been wearing her wraparound thing, then it would have stabbed her in the heart. But... So it was the metaphorical of like her false self died in that moment so that she was able to truly be herself. So it was like all a metaphor is the way that I read it instead of her actually dying.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I think that was my initial thought too on the wraparound. I, I was like, hmm, did it protect her from a realistic perspective, but also Maybe I was being a little too realistic here, but I was like, "Is it even thick enough to protect her?" So I, I would also think it was like more of a metaphor. And okay, her old self died, but I, I didn't like the transition part where, you know, metaphorically now she's free of her false identity, and then she tears off all her armor, (laughs) goes to fight, and suddenly becomes a superhero. That part I thought was very awkward. Which, like, okay,
1: you're going into battle. Why are you yes. going to remove all of your armor? That's stupid. Like, so overconfident. Do you have, like, magical chi armor now that's going to protect you? Like,
0: what is this? This is true. Like, at, at least be, play it safe. You know? Like, protect yourself. Yeah, like, exactly. you, know, you know that you're good. Mm-hmm. We get it. Yeah, what a prideful move. See, I didn't think about the whole cloth protecting her and that's why the dagger didn't go into her body. Okay. I thought that she ripped it out and there was no blood, which meant that she like resurrected and came back to life again. Oh, gotcha. You know? Like so you were
1: you were more bought into like the the supernatural side of things, the superhero side?
0: I guess so. Well, I didn't think about the cloth, so my only other logical explanation was she is a magical being. Um, yeah, I think works. especially because she battled with Hawk Lady, who definitely has magical powers, and they both are strong in the chi. So, you know, my next logical impl- you know conclusion was, okay, she has the potential to have the same powers, magical powers, that Hawk Lady has, so she came back to life. I don't know. It doesn't it, it doesn't make that much sense, but I was like, they're making her resurrect and she's just now immortal. Okay.
1: Okay, so and that explains if she's immortal, how she can team up with Rey in a galaxy far, far away. <sighs>
0: because she's immortal now. So so it works. Yes, it does. This confirms right. our theory. We'll just find right. all of the clues that confirm our theory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also just a point hawk lady also wore armor but mulan i like your your comment jen she was so prideful that she was like mm-hmm. nah i'm better than hawk lady i don't need no armor
2: yeah she's like that <laughs> you know we all know hawk lady dies uh spoiler alert mm-hmm. but in that even with her armor <laughs> when she flies into the bird um, she dies so you know, it, it is a really interesting decision
0: move on made to just remove all her armor there. <laughs> she unties her hair. Apparently, she magically has, like, makeup on, too, in that in that, like, 20 seconds as she's going into battle. I mean, you just resurrected,
1: so you're going to resurrect to your best self. <laughs> so she had time. To get a makeover. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) That was part of her her transformation. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. She's like, I got to look good for this battle scene. My hair's got to whip around majestically. Yes. Important things for battle.
1: Yeah, her priorities were in the correct order. No Uh armor, perfect makeup and hair. Got Mm -hmm. it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Recipe for success. (laughs)
1: Alright, so what did you guys think of... So in the, in the original movie, we have Mulan's love interest with Shang. In this movie, we didn't have that character. However, there was still kind <laughs> of a little something-something going on. What did you guys think about that whole situation?
0: <laughs> um,
1: uh,
2: so, I'll be honest, it was a little weird for me because uh, I will be honest it was a little cute when I did see a little bit of the something between the two <laughs> uh but I feel like and he ultimately did stand up for he was the first person to stand up for her when she came back but I feel like it, it kind of again like we were talking about earlier added back onto the message of she didn't have a lot of resistance uh, what as she was str- struggling through and trying to, you know, grow into the character we all know her to be—that powerful woman who um stays a, a empire kind of type of character. So I feel like he supported her a lot, a lot throughout that, but also at the same time it took away from her building up to become the hero that we all knew she would become. Comparing it to the old. Uh, character Shang like we talked about I feel like Shang didn't really support her I mean in fact he kind of banished her when she mm-hmm. was revealed to be a woman and in the end he they kind of had that little moment together where the grandmother was like oh come back for dinner can you stay <laughs> forever <laughs> um, so I feel like they were different flavors of love interests I guess but I didn't, I felt like it was a little bit stripped away from the overall message of the story, but also I feel like, you know, it would have been nice in the ending if there is a reference to him again, but there wasn't. So I was a little confused about it because it, throughout the movie, it seemed like he was a big, he kind of did give her subtle support throughout the way, which ended up helping her a lot, but also it. It tried to give the message of, oh, Mulan doesn't need him to proceed. So it was a little bit of a mixed message I was getting.
0: Yeah, was he the first one when she goes back to the army and says, like, hey, you didn't actually defeat the enemy? Was he the first one that offered the support to say, like, I'm with Mulan? And then, you know, therefore, there's now, I think, a couple of others that also chimed in. I don't remember yeah. the specifics. Yeah. Does anyone remember? Is he the first one? Yeah, he was the mm-hmm. first one. Mm. Yeah, he was the first one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense then with your point and y- su about how he he helps her be successful. And in the old movie, actually Shang is kind of in her way. <laughs> and
1: what i what i appreciate about this this new movie is that they're of the same rank in the army like what's uncomfortable to me now like watching the old mulan mm-hmm. is that yang or shang was her superior officer and so that's an, a really like awkward uncomfortable power dynamic that i'm glad that we did not explore in the new one but i think one of my issues was like while while Mulan was still pretending to be male, they were having all of these, like, conversations and, like, vibing off of each other. And I'm like, she's supposed to be a dude right now. And then Mm -hmm. she becomes a woman, and he's like, yeah, I'm still for this. And I'm like, wouldn't you have some, like, mental hurdles to have to jump through to get to the place of, like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with this, I want to be with you? Like, it just... I, I had many follow-up questions. I, I wanted to sit this guy down and just be like, okay, please tell me your story. I would like to know more about you.
0: <laughs> Interesting, because I saw a lot of... I read a lot of their um, vibes in the beginning as her kind of feeling a little bit nervous around him and whatnot because she had a little crush, but that he was just... He was just like an incredible fighter and... Their, like, in a group of friends together, and they're comrades. Mm, so it's interesting to me that you read that as him, yeah, as them mutually yeah, something something.
1: So maybe, maybe that was just me reading more into it <laughs> than maybe I should have, but I was like, I have guy friends, and this is not how my guy <laughs> friends act around each other, so maybe I just need to get better friends, I don't know, but... It just it felt like something more than just, hey,
0: we're pals. Mm. Okay, interesting, interesting.
2: You know, I, I sort of got that feeling too, actually,
0: because he
2: was, like, you know, you can kind of see his eyes and how he was mm-hmm. reacting toward her. He was definitely sweeter, I would say, to her. And when they were talking, I remember there was a scene in, like, the campsite where he was saying, oh, like, I don't know really how to talk to girls, and she said, oh, like, you know, you just talk to them like you would talk to me, and he was like, but what if they don't like me? And she was like, she will, <laughs> kind of. Oh, yeah. So, he definitely, it was, I. it was a little bit, like, I wasn't sure if it was, like, comrade, like, support, or if, you know, there's a little more something there, but It definitely did give me a more, like, wow, he is being super sweet vibe to me.
0: Mm, I could see that. Like, they had more intimate moments together than you saw him with any of the other dudes. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm, I could see that. So then I was wondering, like, okay, or, like, did he know that Mulan was a girl all along because like you see her like putting her like wrap thing on and he like sees her doing that but your first conclusion would not be like oh no it's a woman infiltrating a man's army like that wouldn't be your first conclusion so I just then I tried to explore that route of like okay did he know that you were a girl all along but then like he 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 then was like lying for you to protect you which goes against all of their oaths in the army but he was doing something good so I don't know how I feel about you anymore like I just the whole thing was problematic for me no matter which mental road I went down
0: this is true because then later there's a scene where she's bathing in the Mm -hmm. pond or in the lake and he just he gets right at the lake too and they have a full-on conversation so, yeah. yeah, if he knew, he, he probably, well, I would hope he wouldn't do that.
1: So it just, at every turn, I had more questions, and they were all questions that this movie was never going to answer, but I just, I, I couldn't let go of it.
0: <laughs> I, I have to say, I didn't mind his his whole storyline. I thought it was a nice little nod Um, and a little, like, a sweet addition to the movie. Um, I appreciate that they didn't go full out and have them actually get together at the end and really give us the, the relationship coming to fruition because I feel like it was a better reference to the old movie and the kind of ending that the movie leaves Mulan and Shang on at the end. But also, I think, you know... It's not really about their romance. The whole story arc is about Mulan and her trajectory. So I liked that they kept a little bit of spice in there, but didn't give us everything at the very, very end and just left it at a, a very intimate handshake. By the way, that handshake <laughs> felt very much like um, K-drama moment where you get the close-up, the slow-mo, of the hands... Touching each other at the end.
1: Well, and could you even call that like a handshake? It was like a, like a brief touch. That's that true. It. it was it was a hand touch. <laughs> she couldn't even like fully commit to a handshake. Yeah, she was like, "Ooh, cooties." Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, maybe. Maybe she was aware that we're in the middle of a pandemic and touching (laughs) is just not an option at this point in time. She wanted to maintain her social distance.
0: Yeah, she was like, you fool? Why are you trying to shake my hand? Please get away. Runs off on her horse. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Any other things that we want to shout out to, make a comment on? Uh, mention about this new Mulan before we wrap up today.
1: I would like to give a shout out to the leader of the nomadic assassins that has the whitest teeth I think I would ever (laughs) see a nomad having. It was truly impressive. He must be like sponsored by Crest or something.
0: (laughs) Was this Bori Khan, the son? Yes. Yeah. His, his teeth were so white. You and know? He's supposed to be a nomad. How does that work? <laughs> I did not notice his teeth at all because I was distracted by the scars on his forehead most of the movie. And then the other part was his facial hair. That was also very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it was, it was very distracting. (laughs) Yinsu, any last shout outs, mentions, comments? I mean, shout
2: out to, I guess, the visual director. uh, Mm Because, I mean, the scenery was beautiful. Like, the mountains. Um, There's also a movie called Shaolin Kung Fu I'd watched before. And kind of a village scene where Mulan was reminded me a lot of that, like, uh, it's a Chinese movie. Uh, it's a pretty famous movie, and it, it, it resembled that scenery and background a lot. So uh, I guess shout-out to that. They they did
0: a pretty good job with that. Um, the one positive
2: thing for me about the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Some of the sweeping shots were were pretty incredible, and it's a shame that we didn't get to watch this in, in the theater because I feel like those would be even more... Um, Vast and just really communicating the sense of scale that we just can't have the same way on our laptops or TVs at home. So I guess that that
1: is a, a segue into just a brief question. Of okay. How did you guys feel about the uh, the business decision to make this movie twenty nine ninety nine in addition to the Disney Plus subscription? Mm. Was that do you think it was worth it? Do you think that was a good idea?
0: Thoughts or feelings on that? My initial thought was, um, what, $29.99? Really? And then my second thought was um, around families watching this and okay, they're really, that that makes sense if you're a family of like four. But it really feels like Disney is going all in on catering to families and that's their target audience and it just makes people like me who don't have a family right now feel like we are definitely the priority to persona for this so we're really just not the target audience at all and so this, this is just a steeper price to pay if we still wanted to see it for people that are our age.
2: Yeah, I was very surprised when I saw the premiere access, um, because I initially thought I would just have to get a Disney plus subscription. But as soon as I saw the premiere access, I, I thought, wow, um they definitely aren't targeting their usual kind of good of a theater audience or people who would who would enjoy watching a movie on their own type of audience. Um so it was an interesting business decision I will add.
1: I was scrolling on Twitter the other day, and people were going like, "Shoot, I'm not paying that much money. I'm waiting until somebody else buys it, and then I will use their login to watch it." And so I was just wondering if if Disney had something had done something um, maybe a little bit closer to the like movie theater model of like you can pay. I don't know, like pay a lesser amount in addition to the Disney Plus subscription, I wonder if they would have gotten more people because $30 in addition to the subscription fee is quite a bit of money. And so I, I just wonder if they would have gotten more money if it had been like $7.99 or something like that that were maybe a little bit more used to paying and then they might have gotten that money from some of the people Instead of them just waiting for somebody else to buy it and then sharing all the logins between them
0: I don't know mm. like if they went more of the route of like we will sell more of more quantity but for a lower mm-hmm. price versus yeah an incredibly high price but just you know much lower amount
1: yeah i and I'm sure they crunched all the numbers and did all the things to arrive at the 2999 price range but I just, I, I just wonder if there was a better way.
0: Mm-hmm. There was no precedent for this, so mm-hmm. it you know it's truly like a net new price point that they've set. Um, yeah, they didn't try and model it after like the movie ticket prices or the standard subscription prices. They they just they went with a number. Indeed, yeah. they did. Yep. right I'm sure there's tons of models forecasting models on it though yeah I'm curious how much people
2: uh, do end up buying it uh, because it really is a new price model and Mm. uh, the only other one I can think of is Amazon Prime I know for some uh, films they do charge a little bit extra Mm. but it's usually less than five dollars from what I've seen it's very affordable so I'm not sure if the $30 would work well but I guess we'll see
0: yeah and the th- other thing is like it's, you pay $30 you don't even own the movie right you just pay for the access of it but the minute you discontinue your Disney Plus access you no longer have access to that movie so you don't really own it either yeah it's it's not my favorite I
1: I wish they would have gone a different route you know if if Mulan had been, you know, absolutely incredible and just this phenomenal movie-going experience, then like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, I feel like you can justify this, but I mean, for a movie that was mediocre, I, it's, it's just not worth it.
0: You know what would make more sense to be thirty dollars is Hamilton. Like, that's a theater experience. Granted, it's like, uh, yeah, it's a limited, exclusive theater experience. Which So you can't really get it anywhere else. Um, And it was way more of a sensation and already has the hype.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: I I think I
1: would have been more satisfied with that than having to pay $30 to see Mulan. Mm -hmm. I still would have been upset to have to pay $30 to see Hamilton,
0: but I would have done it way more gladly. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, like, some weird human psychology around knowing that the, you know, the cheapest ticket is $300 to see that live, so I can see it $30 on the TV. Okay. It's a little more justifiable. Yeah. Weird. Exactly. Two last things that I wanted to mention. One of them was all of the famous actors that were in this movie. Um, There were some that I was familiar with, like Donnie Yang Yen and Jet Li and Sima who have been in a lot of like recent films and a lot of famous films but it was interesting I pulled up IMDB and pulled up the cast and was asking my parents if they knew some of the other actresses and actors Um, and they mentioned that some of them that I wasn't familiar with like Gong Li who plays the hawk lady is apparently a, a legendary film Chinese film actress and also Louis Fei is also an incredibly famous actress, which I had never seen anything that they've been in or knew much about them beforehand. So I don't know if there's some strategy here to make this accessible and attractive to Chinese movie-going audiences by hiring and having those actors and actresses be starring in this movie. So it seems like a very smart decision from their end, though.
1: And what is opportunity to introduce american audiences to these amazing actors and actresses that that we might not know. I mm-hmm. I think that it was just another cool example um that we've been seeing recently of these these all asian casts that are that we're being exposed to that. Honestly, like I I might not have ever seen some of these people had I not watched this movie. So I I hope that this is that the trend continues and that some of these really talented uh, actors and actresses have more opportunity going forward.
0: Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And then the other thing that I wanted to note was that I, I didn't, I didn't know this before watching the movie, but only about reading, reading about it afterwards that I see some of the headlines about how um, audiences in China are, are calling for this movie to be boycotted and like trying to gain support for boycott of the movie because the main actress who plays Mulan, Liu Fei, had tweeted out support for um, the crackdown in Hong Kong and that got a lot of backlash in China and so a lot of a lot of audiences are or a lot of social media is buzzing about that. So it was just fascinating to me to see how this piece of entertainment and um a, a work like this could become very political so fast so that was kind of fascinating wow
1: that's really interesting
0: yeah i want to read more about it i didn't get a chance to really dig into it yet but it was fascinating to just read a little bit about some of the some of the like buzz around it. it reminds me of joker and how You know, there was a whole Twitter storm, social media storm, about how that movie is fueling um, gun violence in the U.S. and whatnot. And that, like, piece of work became very political. And it was meant to just be entertainment, and now it's politicized. So it's fascinating. Yeah, and after watching the movie, too,
2: I read some articles about that. It's not just in China, but it's sort of spreading around the world, like – Thailand, Mm. China, I just saw an article about Korea. I think some viewers in um, America, too, are Mm. boycotting it. So it's definitely getting
0: uh, political pretty quickly right now. All right. Any other last thoughts before we wrap up, or do we hit them all?
1: Just one other thought that I had was I feel like Disney really missed an opportunity because – Jet Li could have like taken down a bad guy and he didn't (laughs) and I was really disappointed by that I just even though he's like in his late 50s like he still got it so I I was really hoping that he would he'd you know take somebody out but sadly he did not
0: it's true he just kind of uh gets ushered from one spot to the other and then is raised on a a stake ready to be burned and then he's rescued
1: (laughs) no action moments for him yeah he was the damsel in distress in this movie so (laughs)
0: yes so true all right well i think we have sufficiently roasted live action mulan (laughs) for about an hour very satisfying (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, this was our review of Live Action Mulan. It is available on Disney+, Plus, as we mentioned, um, with the Disney Plus subscription and the add-on $29.99 Premier Access. Um, Lots of of interesting decisions that Disney has made with this film. Um, So if you're curious, definitely recommend checking it out to see how disney has tackled this gem of a film and uh, taken it in a different direction thank you for listening to this week's episode of the strategic whimsy experiment this podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it this is our strategic whimsy experiment and we encourage you to find a way to infuse a little whimsy into your day You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review, letting us know you enjoyed this episode. You can also connect with us on Instagram at strategic whimsy experiment, on Twitter at strategic whimsy, or email us at strategic whimsy experiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the film Boy State, which has gotten a lot of buzz and a lot of really interesting social commentary. So we're excited to dive into that one next. We hope you guys have an amazing week. And we just wanted to say a big thank you to Yensu for joining us on this week's episode to review Mulan. Yensu, thank you for being with us. No, thank you. Um, it was fun to roast the movie cover. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I think we got a 10 out of 10 score for uh, succeeding in our roast today, guys. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will be back next week, and uh, we'll see you all soon.